fuck's happening? Oh, oh shit, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this, this, this... Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and I can't wait to take you on a little bit of a funky ride today because this is our first episode. This is episode one of the show that invites uh, filmmakers, I'm talking producers, directors, anything, uh, actors, composers, you name it. So if you want to come on air, I'll tell you how to do that a little bit later on in the episode. But this is the episode of The Filmmakers. This is the show of The Filmmakers every Wednesday at 2 on CITR here at UBC. We're broadcasting from unceded masking territory. Now, it's time to dive deep, 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 deep into the mind of our first guest. So in this show, the guests actually choose the soundtrack of the episode. And we have a very interesting guest today. Um, he chose a soundtrack, some music that I really believe um, captures the, the essence of, of humanity, you know, uh, with all with organs coming from, uh, I believe, one of the best directors out there. The movie is directed by Christopher Nolan. The soundtrack is the soundtrack of Interstellar, uh, composed by Hans Zimmer. Everybody enjoy. This is Cornfield Chase. Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host. And here we are with our first guest from UBC, right in front of me, with those nice, beautiful eyes ready to spread some energy through that microphone. First of all, coming from the culturally dense and saturated India, he is... William Child. How are you doing, William? I'm pretty good, thanks. Awesome, man. All right, <laughs> that's the way that. to tackle life. All right, first of all, for the people out there, who are you? <laughs> uh, dear Lord. Um, well, I, I'm, 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 a, um, I'm a wannabe film director. <laughs> I'm not actually there yet. So directing, directing. Yeah, We're talking yeah. directing, not producing, all right. Direct, no, no, but no. Yeah. I know that you write your own stuff as well. You're a writer yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm... Uh, 
Yeah, I try to write as much as I can. It's good practice. Okay, awesome, man. But what, what is the one thing of directing that really, that really captures, that really makes you gravitate back to directing? I know. I generally find it's the only thing I'm actually good at. Okay. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, don't I, I can't really do anything else. Um, and it's, it's a weird thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's oddly fun and engaging because it's, it's very much about yourself. Other things you do for other people. But directing, you really only do for yourself. Mm, I feel so. You 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 believe that directing is 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 your way to channel your art. I believe from from what we talked so far. You know, mm -hmm. I see that you can really express yourself through that. But um, mm -hmm. if I want, if I could ask you something, I really wanted to ask you how you got into directing, how you got into filmmaking, the world of filmmaking as it is. Oh, completely by mistake. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? It. Uh, I was I wasn't visual effects before, um, and I wanted to do something just sort of for fun and um, I was led into sort of shooting a short film by somebody I respected and yeah they, they made me go through the rigor of of a whole production and I ended up liking it it was a terrible ter it was a terrible experience it was just it, yeah what, what makes a terrible experience a terrible experience <laughs> well, I, now you put it like that, it wasn't actually a terrible experience. It was a very catharsis experience. And as an art, every, everything ends up being that anyways. Um, but it was terrible in the sense that it was very, very difficult and arduous. And since we didn't know anything, the first time I stepped on a set, I didn't know how to turn on the camera. I didn't know how to, well, I knew how to turn it on, but I couldn't record with it. And it was, yeah, and, and it, it's all, the, all that ineptitude shows once you're there. Mm -hmm. So you just go for it. You're never really ready about it. That's how no, they say, no, no, right? No. Yeah, you, 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 God, you're never going to be ready for anything. It's just you know, you, you put your feet in the mud and you try to walk. For sure. That, that, that's how it works for everybody. That, that's how it works. But, I mean, uh, every filmmaker out there knows that. Knows that. And they're running <laughs> yeah. the risk every time yeah. that they go on air. Course, like, yeah. like They, they go very, for it, it on, on the set, whatever. Yeah. It's a very silly thing to do anyways, you know, to, to shoot a movie. What do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> nobody wants you to, to begin with. Nobody wants you to shoot a film. Um, sometimes not even, not even the people you're close with. It's, it's, it, it's just engaging yourself in art is just a very, very selfish thing to do. It's mm. not really for the benefit of other people. You can try to make it. You, know, you can try to, you know, if you're rich enough, if you're wealthy enough, if you're well off enough, you can, you know, you can indulge in your own fancy and try to sort of give back to the community what it's not um but i find more or less for myself it's it's always going to be about me you know so you see the arts and selfishness basically they find a meeting point but what is that balance what is that balance in the middle of the two you just try to do your best work um it's in balance sort of comes with it um if if you do it well enough because the thing about directing is, like, you can you can you can be locked in a room and paint stuff, and it is just you. But the thing with directing is, it's not always just you. There's 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 plenty of other people. For sure. Who, yeah. I've I've been on sets where where the air was just so off that everybody felt uh, creatively drained, not in a good way. Well, yeah. there is so much uh, collective energy going on on every set, you know. Like yeah, uh, yeah. But the thing is, if you, if you make it good enough, or if you if you go out there and you, and you direct to the best of your capability, and you really try to make something, then other people around you, more or less, get inspired, and they they 
they find it intellectually stimulating to to be around that that environment. So what you're saying is that the the path begins with with the first step. Is that what you're trying to say? Is that is that what, where you see the filmmaking industry? Where, where where do you see the filmmaking industry actually going in the in the future? Like in 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 the next ten years, where do you see it going? I see it. I'm not exactly sure, um, but it's more or less going to be the same in the, in the near future. In the far off future, I have no clue. But in in the near future, it, it's going to be pretty much the way it is. Uh, more, but the thing is, there's there's a turn now with with people going to the theater to go to the theater, not as a source of enjoyment, not not as just they, because just because they have two hours to kill. Um, but it's becoming more and more of, of, and people are stressing it. And of directors who are, who are established directors, who they are stressing that going to the cinema is not just, oh, you have you have a couple of hours to kill, so you go to the cinema. It's you go to the cinema because it's an experience. Because it's 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 the experience, it's, it's, of yeah, course. It, that's that's where it goes back to, you know, yeah. living that thing. It's a multi-sensory experience with the group, the collective energy in the room. But yeah. where do you see actually, you know, the, the filmmaking has been um, re-innovating itself. Look at IMAX. Yeah. What's your take on IMAX, you know? They create this huge environment, you know, this this in, very interesting ecology. They put you in this room. What do you, What's your take on IMAX? It's a format. <laughs> um, it's a good format. Um and if 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 you know how to use it, you can use it very well. That's how it is, anyways, in yeah. life, uh, yeah. all the time, all yeah. the times. All right, eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers, people. I'm gonna leave you to the second song of today's interview. This is "Mountains" by Hans Zimmer of the soundtrack of Interstellar. Nice. Enjoy the ride, everybody. Enjoy.
Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host. And every week here at uh, CITR on 11.9 FM, we invite filmmakers uh, of every kind, directors, producers, actors, composers, any kind, you name it, here to discuss their slices on reality or set or their love for the craft, you know, their passion. It's all about passion. Life is all about passion. So here we have William Chahal, uh, <laughs> experimental director right here joining us in the studio. Hello. He chose the soundtrack of Interstellar for today's show. Why Interstellar? Why this specific soundtrack, William? Generally, I like the film. <laughs> um, but every so often, I, uh, I like the music more than the film, if you will. Hmm. And it's, it's a very... It's, it's, it's a good... What is it that makes it so special to you? What is it? No, I just, I just admire the, the craftsmanship of it. Um, I just find it very because it's very rooted in in sort of classical structure of, of music composition, but mm-hmm. it's but it's designed to the modern year, if you will. Oh, it's so, a re- revisitation. Is that what you're what you're trying to say? Maybe? Yeah, more or less. What is what is the biggest difference to you between the digital? You know, the digital. You know, yeah. like the ability to actually go and explore every frequency that you would like to, but at the same time, the orchestral. You know, the organic sound. What's what are what, what's the difference to you? Where do you think actually the soundtrack of filmmaking is going? You know, with these two big pivotal. But there's two types of um, sort of digital musical compositions. One, you record the instruments. Um, but people actually playing them, and then you m- sort of maneuver them around in, in, a, in a computer program, and, and then you compose it that way. And that's primarily what Hans Zimmer does. Um, and then there's the other sort of completely electrofunk type of, you know, Blade Runner esque music, which is good on its own. Which is it's great on its own if you do it well, if you're if you're a good craftsmanship. Um, but I, I find the the actual comp- actual playing of the instruments just it's the, really it's really difficult for me to not admire it it's for re- sure it, it takes a great level of skill to play a musical instrument and it takes greater skill still to so the organic is on your side the organic is on your side yeah it's it's in all art we admire human effort if if a robot were to do a drawing we'll, we'll say oh look what a good robot a human made <laughs> <laughs> but if a human did you know look we have blenders you know, do you draw it, yourself yeah, I, I do. Yeah, w- w- like I want to ask you something because this is something that every drawer out there, or anybody who does even photography, any kind of visual art, mm-hmm. I feel that what they are capturing is just a different aspect of themselves. It's just a huge, big mirror in which they see themselves, you know. And they're trying. It's a constant seek, seeking for identity, you know. Mm-hmm. What What do you draw? What do you What do you think? Even if you think when you draw, you're just maybe just feeling because life is about the feeling, right? What What is it? I when I was learning earlier on. Um, I was just drawing to to practice my skill at it, um, and eventually, quite a few years ago, I, I got good enough at it. And then, that now I don't have to draw every day to to keep it up. Um, to to because I'm I'm not scared anymore to to lose the skill. Before that, I was I was in constant fear of that. Now it's it's. It's really to to get a particular image out of my head because it's it's you can't deal with it on it on your own. You can't. It's like talking to somebody. You you have something in your heart. You just want to just spew out. You know. Yeah. And Same thing is in writing. I believe, huh? Writing your drawing with words in the end. Yeah. Writing writing is a different sort of beast altogether. It's a greater effort. 
for me particularly it's i'm not a natural writer it takes and english isn't my first language anyways so it it takes a great deal of effort for me to write and yeah it's 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 so the immediacy of the drawing is what attracts you to the visual to the visual art i believe i'm i'm more in close to drawing i'm more in it it there's a constant sense of companionship with drawing it's that it i always have it i can never lose it i can never misplace it and it will always be there for me to talk to it's a weird thing to say it's it's drawing it's almost like your home <laughs> it's almost like your home if i'm not wrong it's home yeah it's not it's not a sense of escape um people always say that people always sort of try to confuse it with that it's not i'm not escaping anywhere i'm still there but it's it's a way to understand myself if you will it's a way to and it's a very very visual thing to do To, a way to figure yourself out and i believe that at the same time in an industry like this one i think mm-hmm. the industry needs to figure itself out a little bit as well because you know we have the indie filmmaking and the hollywood filmmaking what's what's what about indie versus hollywood man what's going to happen later on it's in <laughs> in independent stuff is i would i would like to say it's less bureaucratic it's not um, <laughs> oh. it's there's there's this fantasy or this romantic idea of of Hollywood and whenever an independent production is whenever somebody's shooting a film on their own they try to mimic to the best of their ability to shoot it like Hollywood does um and they f- sort of forget what's on frame so they have people on set they don't really need um they have pr- methods of production they 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 can do perfectly well without um so in that sense they're pretty much very alike um yeah so where do you see yourself going between the two indie or you want to go indie you want to go hollywood what are you trying to do what are you trying are you trying I, to apply your drawing to the filmmaking what is it yeah well that's that's always going to be there <laughs> it's it's just the way i see things mm-hmm. but I, i i i just want to do sort of my own way of things um and there's there's a I've been trying to apply a method I've been not apply, but I've been trying to perfect it. Um and it's not fully there where I try to shoot a film that requires very little post. Um and it's a silly stupid thing to do. Um but the general idea to now to, to shoot a film is you go on set, you shoot a bunch of coverage and then later on you hope to dear god you have a movie in the other room. And I find it I find it, I find that just very silly thing to do. Um it's it's healthy to prep yourself um and everybody does that anyways. But I I really want to uh, you want to emphasize the idea of getting the shot that you need rather than just just covering not, not, your not getting the shot um composing. Mm. People don't compose film on set anymore. I find um big ones small ones it's all the same that's very neat huh? Yeah. that's very neat so maybe it's almost like an encouraging message out there you know sometimes we forget the beauty of the single frame of the single moment the yeah. little deli- deli- the, the peculiarity of that little yeah. you know little thingy thing you know <laughs> happening over there but you know I, 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 I feel 100% I'm a huge fan of that type of cinema as well and I believe the majority of the people out there as well are but sometimes the chances are not distributed equally you know mm-hmm. or the right opportunities are, going, are not going to the right people and 
that's also why we're doing here room tone you know we really want to give people the chance to speak out loud what's what's yeah. happening inside of them you know and there is such a dynamic environment here in the filmmaking industry so you know what you know what we're gonna do are uh, talking about Beckham uh, going back to Interstellar, there is a there is a song that plays in a very specific part of the mo- of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see if somebody can guess that, but uh, <laughs> I really want to I really want to play this one here, and then we'll catch up with you, William, right okay. after the song. All right. See you, see you. So this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Roger, your host. If you want to come on air, you can send us an email at listen to roomtone at gmail.com. I'm gonna say it again: listen to <laughs> roomtone at gmail.com. Send us an email there. I'm Ruggiero. Tell us a little bit about you, your bio, your anything, and then we're just gonna meet up, get a coffee. I love. Coffee people, mm, nice espresso right there. <laughs> and yeah, eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers, and enjoy the soundtrack chosen by William. This is Afraid of Time by Hans Zimmer. Thank you. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and I would say eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers. I'm going to go like sex, 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 <laughs> sex in movies. William, what's your take on sex in movies? <laughs> oh. Tough question, huh? <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah, it's... it's uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but the thing is, it's it's an element of film that let's be real it exists and some people um sort of do it for the and i don't like it when people do it for the sake of their own perversion it's and it's something like anything else um whether people are sort of walking down the street it, it there should be a purpose to it it should be designed if sex is just being done just for somebody to get their own rocks off it's just stupid um and there's this idea of of there's the HBO term sex position where I'm not exactly sure what that means <laughs> it's people are having sex and then that's it um, I, I don't know if they have any sort of political motives or whatnot, but it just yeah I, 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 find, I find it if, if there's nothing to it other than just people going at it on the screen I don't know what to make of it would you have you ever thought about applying any of that of that symbolism in any of your movies personally or? It's a very strong symbolism. The moment you have somebody naked on screen, people are only looking at one thing. You, you can't really control the eyes at that point. And it's, it's a very tricky thing to do. Um, and sort of with, with sex comes the question of, of nudity. You know, um, I've been trying to sort of, I'm not trying to, but I've been talking with somebody about that and the question sort of keeps coming up is that whenever there's whenever somebody's naked on screen there's always always the question in the air of sex either they're going to have sex or they just had or they or they want to um but nudity is never really done in in a sort of poetic way you always see it done in paintings just beautifully masterfully nobody actually does it on screen properly maybe there is a film that exists out there that I haven't seen that does that but I, w- I would like somebody to to shoot nudity without sex being in the question you might be the first one I mean I, 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 I'm on you <laughs> on the fact that we're missing we're, we're, we're losing the sacrality of the act you know yeah. it's almost like out there every time but yeah. you know I, I, you might be the first one I'm talking about your project what's, what's your next step what's your next step Um, we're we're trying to um, we're trying to shoot a feature um, and, and yeah right now we're trying to get the funding together see where that goes mm-hmm. yeah. and what about your past your your past projects where are you coming from I've done I've done mainly short films and they've done quite a few and I see them I see them as not not as as a way to get my name out there but as as a really safe training ground and it's 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 not not that it goes away with um, in the future and hopefully it doesn't but it is to sort of test yourself out it, it, it is a way to exhaust yourself creatively and yeah I've, that's where I've been so what is the last project you've been working on The one I've been working on? Yeah, yeah, the last, or, or, or a project that, you know, you would like to share about, Tilson, you know, uh, where, you, where I just want to understand a little bit more where you're coming from, your artistic layer, your textures in the past, where you are coming from. Well, we, we shot, uh, not shot, we completed uh, a short film about 
<laughs> I don't really like saying what a film is about, um, but this film uh, in, particular, in particular is about um, the the homosexual community community um, serve in in the um, the Chinese homosexual community in Canada. Um, Pretty targeted. It's very right there. very very particular. And it wasn't my story; it was somebody else's. Um, and we shot the film in 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 Mandarin, Cantonese. Um, <laughs> what what <laughs> happened there? What happened there? You, you don't speak those languages, do you? No, no. Um, it, th that's what I said. It's it's a very it's, it, short films are a very safe way to test yourself out. And there were there were a few things that I wanted to do. Um, I do, I don't want to do a film just because I want to. I, I desperately want to see a particular shot. You see, um, then then it then it becomes then it becomes sort of oh well I just want to do it. You know, there's there's no other purpose of it. You don't really learn from that. Um, you can see, there there are, and that usually comes from an area where you get inspired from watching a particular film, where you see a cool looking shot in a, in a big production, and then you go out you shoot your own film and say I want to re replicate that big cool looking shot mm -hmm. I just saw I just saw last weekend. Um, for, I, I I really for for the for for this short film I really wanted to just do what I was the most scared of doing, and that was not understanding what was going on around me and you know that that could be the strength you know in chess turns turn your weakness into the strength you know and mm. probably the fact that you just shot in a language you didn't know gave you the chance to focus on the visual storytelling you know it did it it was very very we really had to focus on the visuals um even even all throughout um, we were trying to focus on that and and then, you know, spoken language is just 20% of language in itself, of communication in itself, you know? It and is, even yeah. if someone is, is not communicating at all, is standing, is, there is no way you cannot not communicate. Even if someone is standing <laughs> in the corner, quiet, it's communicating his, you know, yeah. his way of being in that way. Mm -hmm. Everybody's constantly communicating. It's like the invisible bridge in between, in between everybody. If there was no communication, we would already be one in itself with, yeah. the, with, the, with the sky, you know? Yeah. You're so, always studying people. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Always. Super interesting, yeah. and you know, talking about all of this, mm -hmm. I wanna. There is a, a specific question that I believe every filmmaker should ask itself every once in a while: What is to you the purpose of a movie? Why telling a story with sound, with images? Why doing that? Well, like I said earlier on, it's it's a very selfish endeavor. Um, the only sort of it's if 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 we were to say film is art then all art is about people it's you, you know you paint pictures of people you do sculptures of people you write poems about people it's you know it's and then you shoot f films about 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 people relations and so you think filmmaking is getting tighter and, and almost trapped in, in human relationships? Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. It's... Let it out, man. You can't <laughs> wait to jump out of your mouth. I can see I that. <laughs> <laughs> no, th when you ask about what the purpose of, of film is, it's, it's generally about understanding yourself. I can't... I, I don't know why somebody would come to me and tell me to shoot a movie for them. 
I, 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 I can ask myself the question, but I can never come up with the answer to that. I don't know why somebody would tell me to do that. Nobody has done so so far. I don't know why people will do that in the future, unless there's money involved, unless they say, oh, well, we can make some money out of this guy. But uh, apart from that, there's no reason for anybody else to tell me to shoot a movie. I just have to do that on my own. And I do that on my own because, one, it's I find myself decent at it. I find myself more and more um, curious. So it's almost like you, you, you're saying that money has, has an... And an impact behind the creative, the creative aspect of a movie. Oh, it, it always does. It always does. Um, when, whenever something something gets sort of big enough and well known enough, and whenever people find, oh well, there's there's a market for that. Let's let's milk this cow. And it's always been true. It's it's been, it was true with the Renaissance, when painting was a big popular thing. People got paid a lot of money for that. It was always it was true with with opera when that was a big thing. With the filmmaker to the filmmakers out there. What is what is your take on on how they can actually uh, find their way through it? Because some people might actually want to shoot a movie for mainly the financial aspect, others for the creative aspect. So for the filmmakers out there, how can they get to understand where they want to go with movies? I don't know. You have to ask that. <laughs> yeah, that's a question you ask yourself. Well, there's nobody else who tells you that. Um, and but I will. I I do it because because I want to study myself in a way. I, I don't do it for other people. You know, I don't... I see other people, I see how they go about their lives, but it's always my take on their lives. It's not... I don't actually sit down with people and say, hey, how's it going? And, and talk for 10 days straight about their life. Do you mainly relate this to narrative filmmaking or also to documentary filmmaking? It's, it's, all, it's all filmmaking. It's all... If, if, you, if you dare call your work art, you have to recognize that it's just about you. It's not about other people. Other people are there. They can help you. They can be the subject of your topic. But it's always, at the end, about you, about your perversion of it. This is some very interesting introspective filmmaking right here. You know what? We're going to jump right back to you, William. Mm -hmm. After we, we go, we, we have to go to some uh, advertising here and there. So we're just going <laughs> to, yeah, just jump right nice, to nice. that. And then we'll be back with William on Room Tone. I'm Jerry, your host. I'll see you very soon. Okay. Welcome back to Room Tone. This is uh, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Rogero, your host. Let's go right back to William Chahal here in the studio, UBC with us on 101.9 FM. So if you could speak to Hollywood <laughs> right now, if Hollywood would be on the other side of this microphone, what would you say? I'd like to know what, what permutation of Hollywood that is. Yeah, go for <laughs> it, man. This is your chance. Let it all out. I don't know. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> to Hollywood itself, all right, yeah, all right. I don't know. That's a jokey answer, but uh, I don't know. It's just stop trying to take over the world. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to me. Whoever it does belong to simply just hasn't decided yet. But it's. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't exactly know what to what to tell them. It's a business. It's a big. I don't know. Maybe it's a trillion dollar business, but it definitely is a billion dollar business, and it's 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 run by there are, there are great interests in it that I don't I don't think I will ever have the control over to tell them what to do, um, and nor nor will they nor do they have a reason to listen to me. But it's um, Just let it out loud, man. <laughs> I know you have something to say to those people. It's. At, at the end of the day, it's it's is, Ho is Hollywood gonna die? I want to know. Do you think Hollywood is gonna die? Eventually, 
but not anytime soon. Um, but film will survive. Hollywood as, as a business might go off, but film is, is it's a very recent invention in, in the field of art. And I think people are still trying to figure it out, even though it's only been a hundred years, a little over. And it's people are still going to be fascinated by it. They, imagine there will be a time when you, when films are treated like opera, and people will eventually there will be some kid who will go, "Hey, wait, I, I, I like films. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but I want to find out." And they will shoot, go and shoot a film. Um, right now, film are actually getting in, involved. I mean, there is there is such a strong uh, connection, you know. Video games are gravitating towards filmmaking. Filmmaking is gravitating a little bit towards video games in some aspects. Where do you see that balance point? Do you think the two are, of them are going to meet? Well, they're only doing that because there's an aspect of money involved. Um, but I don't think they can ever sort of overlap. If if or If video games are trying to be like films, that's just film. It's not a video game. Video game is video game. <laughs> you you play the damn thing. You know, and with VR, do you feel that there is going to be a leeway in there with VR? VR is, VR is a different sort of spectrum of 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 the three, of the two. And it's it's not film. It's not the way I see film. It's not the way film is. Film is very 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 particular to its design shots. Um, you can you can do like big wonder and whatnot, and you can do that. But film is very very controlled. The idea of film is to tell you where to look. VR, you sort of figure that out on your own. <laughs> that's and, a that's a very and, interesting point of view right there. That's closer to to video games. Video games, you do the same thing. You video games is you figuring it out. There's it's a big it's a big playground. It's a digital playground, and you play in it. Films, you don't do that. Films, you sit and you just keep absorbing, constantly. But it's designed in such a way that it, it it engages you intellectually as well. Have you ever thought about joining video games? I like playing them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, who doesn't, huh? Okay, man, listen, listen. I want to give you a chance right now. I want to give you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I want to give you one minute, one precise minute for you to pitch your own project. You choose what project. This is your chance. Three, two, one, we're going on. And this is your time to pitch <laughs> okay. your project. All right. Uh, think of it this way. There's, There's been a quite a few war movies. Um, but the one recent one we had, um, fortunately I didn't witness it firsthand, but sadly there were people who did. During the, during the Iraq war, there was, there was a zoo in Baghdad that was quite heavily bombed. And all the animals in it were sort of left to figure life out on their own. And in particular, there's, there's a pride of lions, or one lion in, the, in some cases. Um, and it's, it's a story about them going 15 on, seconds, William? It's a story about them going on their own and sort of discussing life from, from that animal's pr- perspective. And it's a war narrative from that animal. And eventually they, uh, spoiler alert, but they end up getting shot by U.S. soldiers. Okay, and that is over. That is the one minute uh, William was pitching his own movies here at Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking community to your ears. Mm, I like saying that a lot. Eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers. I'm Roger, your host, and I want to take William on a little bit of a funky ride right now. Uh, this is the Proust questionnaire. So Proust wrote down 35 questions. I'm okay. going to ask you five of those. And these questions, these five questions, um, Proust said that they would define the true identity of 
someone's being. Are you uh, ready for you, that? You can never figure that out. <laughs> I know, but let's give it a shot. Why not? Why not? Why not? All right, all right, all right. First question. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Just being alone, I find, is, is very sublime. It's... I, I, I find myself constantly bombarded by... Every time I leave the house, just... I, I don't, it's, it's a very harsh thing to say, but by idiocy, by sort of nonsensical things that don't really matter anyways, which is why one always tries to find, tries to find a good intellectual conversation. Um, okay. Are you ready yeah. for question number two? Yeah, sure. All right, let's <laughs> give it a shot. All right. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Mm, look at that. Not overrated virtue? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... I'm not exactly sure. You know, virtue on its own is is it's a good concept. Um, this is not so going on. No, it's not flowing. It's not, it's not flowing. No, I don't. I don't. I don't really think anything is overrated. Um, but just just being. Okay, um, let me put it this way. Which whenever, whenever which which talent would you most like to have? Let me ask you that. That I'm uh, curious to know. I want to speak all the languages, if possible. Well, what do you see in a language, in a spoken language? The poetry of it. Um, regardless of its, you know, if it's street talk or whatnot, it's you. It's a it's a very very human thing to do to speak that way. It's 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 a, it's the first art form that we invented. You know, then why not dabble into it? Hmm. You know. Now, I, now, uh, you you were talking about you know. Uh, you're, you're leading us basically into into what's happening in your mind, mm -hmm. but I see that there is so much that that you wanna you wanna you wanna share. You know, I feel that there is so much poetry and density in in yourself. Um, I'm very curious to see how you're gonna make that happen. Um, is there is there a greatest is there an achievement? Like here, there is a question that goes, what is your greatest achievement? I'm curious, is there an achievement in the past that defined your identity specifically, or if there is, I don't know of it. And that's the thing. And there's this idea of, of incomp being incompetent, that if you are incompetent, you can never know, because the very thing that makes you incompetent keeps you from knowing that you're incompetent. It's a very, you know, catch-22 thing, but it's, it's the same thing with, with going with knowledge. If you are knowledgeable, you, don't really, you can't really figure that out, because you'll always feel stupid. Um, so in terms of achievement, I don't really know what I've achieved. Maybe I'll realize it later on in life, but so far, I don't. I don't know. Are you ready know. for this one? Are you ready for this one? Yeah. What is the quality you most like in a woman? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna leave us like that? Yeah, well, I honestly, I don't know. There has to be um, something. There is always something. It's. Are you ready to let it out? No, well, you're... If you're asking for a relationship, it's... You know, you're always trying to find somebody who, who, who understands you. You see? And if you can find that in a woman, then you marry that woman. You know? You, you, Understanding. Yeah, but it's... But it's, again, it's, 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 it comes back to you, I find. Um, it comes... It, 
The, every, everything is a mirror in the end, huh? Yeah, it is. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. I just want people to be themselves, I guess. Um, so to the people out there, to the filmmakers out there, yeah. before we wrap everything up, to the filmmakers out there, what's your advice to them? <laughs> I don't know. Come back, come back to me in like 40 years when I'm 80 and old. All right, we'll do that. We'll, we'll write that down. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. All right, we'll write that down. Okay, so this is time to wrap the show up. Um, this is Room Tone. The show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm uh, Ruggiero, your host. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at listen to roomtone at gmail.com. And you can, uh, yeah, you can just come on air here in the studio UBC and we just get to have a little chat, a little coffee. Why not? Enjoy ourselves. And yeah, celebrate the passion and the love for our craft. So I'm Ruggiero. This was Roomtone Take One. I'll see you next time. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end, no dark is right. Because their words had fought no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. <laughs> <laughs>